you. I am Michelle Gifford. Hey, I'm Sarah Allred. We are the girls behind Women With Fire, and we specialize in building influencers. Welcome to the podcast. Listen as we chat with influential women who feel guided by the divine to build empires of truth at home, in business, and abroad. The goal here is to empower you to grow your influence everywhere. Join the nation of women who get things done at thewomenwithfire.com. Hey, you guys. Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Women With Fire podcast. You are with Michelle and Sarah. Big news today. Big news. Sarah, what's the big news? (laughs) (laughs) We received probably the greatest email of all time since starting the Women With Fire. That's really big news, but we can't get into it. We We can't can't get into that yet because first... We are going to have a shout out to our girl, Rachel Loves Podcast on iTunes. She left us the best and the nicest review. She said, the women with fire, in quotes, is just the coolest name ever and conjures image, uh, images of the divine burning within each of us. I love it. And I love that Michelle and Sarah are giving influencers the opportunity to share their most intimate, spiritual, profound experiences that have directed them and made them who they are today. So inspiring. Thank you for taking the time to do this podcast. Hey, thank you for taking the time for writing that. And if you reach out to us, Rachel Loves Podcasts, um, we are going to send you a bright box. Bright boxes are kind of my favorite thing. And so if you reach out to us on Instagram, um, I will send one your way. And hey, do you want me to read you your thing and send you a bright box? Then my word, get on iTunes and leave us a rating and review and make it a good one, right? So just like Sarah said, We are super excited to be talking um, about this topic. It's called serving in different ways. Called in different ways. (laughs) Called in different ways. Good morning, Michelle and Sarah. How are you? Oh, dear. Called in different ways. And this was inspired by an email that was sent to us by Whitney Thomas. But I'm um, from a bit a wit, and she is fantastic. She has a podcast of her own that is actually a bit a wit, but because she's so witty, she has written us the best email ever. Sarah, take it away. So, apparently, a couple of podcasts ago on a good old Thursday podcast, I was pretty open about uh, feeling looked over, overlooked, lonely, whatever word you want to use, um, within my own word within my own word, kind of opened up about it. You found me at a really vulnerable moment, grateful for everybody's kindness in responding to that. Um, Whitney took the time to write me a personal email about feeling this way and her thoughts behind it. And it knocked my socks off, absolutely knocked my socks off. And the cool thing is, is I already believed everything that she was saying but I needed it to be verbalized kind of in the way she said it from, from an external source, not me just trying to, you know, manifest it in my own brain over and over and over again, but to hear it from someone else was so awesome. She's a fabulous writer. So we're actually going to read her email because there's no other better way to hear it. So if you are someone who is feeling overlooked or that you're not fulfilling something you're supposed to be doing, this is what Whitney would probably say to you too. She says this quote, 
You will always be on the front lines. Your desire, your righteousness, your impact. You are on the front lines. Your bishop, your local congregation, your experience at church has zero to do with where you stand in this winding up scene. God is so much bigger than church service. Are righteous people needed there? Absolutely. However, I have had many experiences in recent years that have taught me a handful of things. One being, my church leaders do not have to recognize who I am for a Heavenly Father to utilize me in huge ways. Can I tell you how glad I am that you are not overwhelmed as a Relief Society president right now? We need you. There are women with gifts who are literally hiding their talents in the earth because they believe it is bad for them to do anything outside being a mom. Satan has done an expert job at taking a vital truth about the importance of a family and a mother's role and twisting it into something harmful and soul-sucking for women. Women who have been saved for these last days with talents the world needs are spiritually dying because they can't get their brains outside of cultural norms and expectations. What you and Michelle are doing is foundational to this winding up scene. You are doing more good for God's kingdom here than you could ever do as a leader in a local congregation. And I would add anything bound by church service. Your freedom to follow the spirit and go with it allows you to be far more impactful than if you were connected to the church. I must make it clear that I do not say any of this to make any position of service within the church small. It honestly comes down to how the world has changed. Your voice can be spread to thousands and the spirit can witness to women everywhere of the truths you speak. And you don't have to clear your message with any human PR department or general membership. It's you, Michelle, Heavenly Father, and perhaps your spouses. Done. So much freedom to do God's work. What a gift. So much power there. Heavenly Father has given you that power and freedom because he knows you can do it. Thank you for being brave. Thank you for fighting the fight. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for having the courage to do it differently. Thank you for being you. Love, Whitney Thomas. We love you, Whitney. Mic drop. <laughs> what do you think, Michelle? Mind blown. Mind blown when that hit her inbox, right? Yeah. Yes. We like love it so much because of it really, ah, it just sums up everything we're talking about because I mean, you know that I will declare it forever that women are being called right now and they're not just being called to church service, specifically church service, but they are being called to do more, right? And not necessarily like more things that were completely cluttered and our lives are frantic, but they are called to different things. All right. So this whole thing has brought me back to the story. I've been reading the saints book that was just put out um, about church history. And um, there's these two little girls, right? Caroline and Mary Elizabeth Rollins. And this is taking place in Jackson County, Missouri. There's a lot of unrest, right? And, and WW Phelps's house has the printing press in it, right? Well, a mob of angry men come and they are there to destroy the printing press. And this printing press had been printing like the revelations that Joseph Smith had been um, receiving for the church. And a bunch of those revelations, the girls see them like being thrown out the window and they look and as it's throwing out the window, they have mobs all around and they are little girls being overlooked, right? 
And so what do they do? They, they say, we're going to do it. We're going to save these pages they and, gather. So they run and they <laughs> grab, they do it right. They grab the pages and they run in the cornfield and you'll remember this. They're in the cornfield. They hear the mobbers chasing after them and the mobbers never find them. And it's a miracle. And these pages are saved and we can enjoy those revelations today because of these two girls and their bravery. So it just makes me think about us today, right? There was no prophet. There was no, I mean, there was a prophet, but no one told them to go get those pages. They listened to the spirit. They were, they had the, the right ability, right? They had the ability to do it. They were in the right place and they had the right faith. And because of that generations, generations have benefited from their action. And I, and that's, I was thinking that in relation to this email that was sent to us and how, how a lot of times we want this divine thing, right? We want this mission call directly from church headquarters saying, this is specifically where you're going to serve. This is where you're going to do. And while that is awesome, it doesn't come because the Lord is calling us specifically. He trusts us enough to receive revelation for us, for our families, and then for our influence. And, and so we just have to be that person, right? Who can receive revelation. I love this so much. I think of those two girls and the word that constantly comes to my mind that applies to women today and those wonderful girls who saved those documents is gathering that in that moment of being overlooked, like you said, or, or mobs viewing them as, oh, just weak children, weak children that aren't a threat um, to the evil work that they were doing. They were dead wrong. They were dead wrong. And I love that. I love that visual of these young girls knowing their power and their ability um, to save something so sacred. And like you said, generations were impacted from them getting out there and gathering. So if you're someone who's had a minute of weakness, months of weakness, years of weakness, whatever it may be, where you're feeling like everyone's looking at you as if you're not a threat to this evil work going on, they are dead wrong. That's the story behind all of this. And I love so much what you just said, Michelle, about how you know, there are culturally some things at the church in which you can kind of put a check mark next to your name and say, oh, God is asking me to serve. And sometimes that's with callings and pretty big callings, you know, and sometimes that's with a mission call, which is amazing and wonderful. But I feel like the, the winds of change are here. The winds of change are here. I don't think anyone can doubt it. I think back on Lizzie Jensen from The Small Seed when we interviewed her, she just said there is a stirring among women. And I, I think of that word stir, of, of stirring. I felt that you felt that the people we work with every single day are feeling that. And that sometimes means things are changing. And let me throw in a little opinion piece to this because I'm on it right now. Um, the Desert News article, uh, there was a Desert News article that was recently released about millennials, about Latter-day Saint millennials, and it is fascinating. So you won't get this podcast until October 11th of 2018, but go back to the Desert News and search for a piece about millennials, and you will see that change is on its way in the best way possible. 
And I've talked with my sister about this, who is a huge fan of millennials. She's got millennials in her house that she's raising and all this stuff. And her and I were talking about it. And one of the greatest things from that article was the vision that the church has about millennials is so different than how the world views millennials. The world views millennials as people who, and children or kids, whatever you want to call them, who, who doubt that they're looking at church history and they're doubting. They're looking at temple covenants and they're doubting. And that is not how we view millennials. How we view millennials is not that they are doubting, but they are an up and coming generation of seekers. They're not doubters. If you feel like you've got a doubter underneath your roof, what if you viewed them as a seeker? And the great thing is we don't have to be afraid of them seeking if what we know to be true is true. And I loved how the article encouraged us as older generations. <laughs> Maybe we're included in that. Who knows? We're like on the cusp of being millennials. We're millennials, I think. <laughs> According to that article, I always felt like I missed the mark a little bit. but <laughs> I'm right on the edge. <laughs> right on the edge of it. So if we can do better at allowing them to seek and just discussing and mainly listening to what it is they're seeking about, um, I think that we're going to realize that the church is in really great hands. In fact, better hands than it ever has been because of their desire to seek. So the winds of change are happening in brilliant, positive ways. And that makes me really hopeful. And now a small break, a word from those who make this podcast possible. This podcast is powered by Entreport. Entreport is our number one business tool. It literally does it all. Email marketing, sales funnels, automation, and it basically keeps your business running even when you're sleeping. Not only is Entreport the backbone of our businesses, but you can design a full-blown website using their customizable landing pages. It is the one-stop powerhouse shop where we keep our email lists, growth, marketing goals, and businesses at their very best. Check out the show notes or jump on thewomenwithfire.com slash to get started. And now back to the Women With Fire podcast. Well, and I think we see this a lot, like even with, like, I, I think that it is, I mean, I don't, I don't know, is Gunnar a millennial? He's almost 12. Does that count? Sure. Anyway, but <laughs> he hasn't been tagged yet. I don't think I don't so. know. he's going to be something else. I'm not sure, but he is something else. But I do think like even working with, I mean, I've been with a lot of young women and working there for a long time. And then I don't know, just the different things. I can see that this seeking is, is going to benefit them a ton. And then I also see that President Nelson is like begging us to be millennial a little bit and to seek and to ask and learn how God speaks to us like that. I mean, if you were to think about this, his first conference address as prophet, right? His 
like big conference address is about receiving personal revelation. That is what he chose. And then this, I'm going to read you a quote from his talk. Um, it says, one of the things the spirit has repeatedly impressed upon my mind since my new calling as president of the church. Okay. So since he's been a prophet a couple months is how willing the Lord is to reveal his mind and will. The privilege of receiving revelation is one of the greatest gifts of God to his children. A prophet of God is surprised by how much God is waiting for us, how much, how much God is willing to give us, to reveal his mind and will to us. I want to know. I want to know what God wants me to do. I do. And because of that, we have to seek. And I'm just going to tell you, when you seek, when you are open to it, when you are in tune with the spirit, please do not be surprised if he asks you to do something hard. If he asks you to do something you've never done. If he asks you to do something that feels impossible. Please don't be surprised. Sarah and I are with, in our Quest Mentoring Group, we are surrounded by women who are being called. And each one of them is being called to something different. There is no one in there that is doing the same thing as someone else. And that is exactly what, why we read this email. Okay. We read this email because we need you to know that you are uniquely qualified. You have unique gifts, talents, experiences, and have had unique tragedies and missteps and mess ups. All of those contribute to who you are and how you can serve in the Lord's kingdom. So please do not please do not paint this picture and say, there is only one way to serve. Baloney. Baloney. That is not how it works. God is calling you right now. And if he is calling you, please know you have everything you need to start. You're not going to be that way. We say that a lot where you're not going to end up that way, but he is giving you everything that you need to start. Which brings us to, can I read you a quote that Sarah says? A lot. Love. <laughs> God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. And this is from Kendra Dahlstrom. So I want you to think about this. Okay. That spirit inside that is telling you to do something is just pleading with you to let God reveal his will, pleading with you to just try him. Just try me. Um, Greg Trimble, who is one of our, um, uh, one of the only man we've interviewed, <laughs> we, we're going to, we're working on it. We're going to get a couple other men, but, um, he just released a blog post and you know, his blog posts are always go viral, but he released a blog post. He said that he was hiking in the mountains and they got a text, a text went out to all the people in his ward. And it said that president Nelson was going to be in his meeting the next day. And they were just, you know, back and forth talking about how cool that was going to be. And he just felt, he's like, you know what? I have never, I have never like asked like about the, about a testimony of the prophet, like just said, you know, is he really a prophet? And he's like, you know, I've always just believed, you know? And he's like, I just felt impressed, a stirring, whatever you want to call it that said, try me, ask me, just ask me. And so he did, he prayed and he said, please help me to know if president Nelson is a prophet of God. And he thinking about that. And he went the next day and within 15 seconds, he said, he said, I never have experienced the Holy ghost rush over me so much than 
that moment. And it's because he asked, you know, if we are asking and we're willing to ask in faith, nothing wavering, that God will really answer us, then he will. He will. Oh, Greg Trimble is simply the best. I love those kinds of experiences. And I, I felt similarly back in April that I came prepared for conference with some really specific questions. And I actually was not asking about for a testimony of the prophet. <laughs> that was not one of my questions where I approached this general conference. And yet I came there ready to have those questions answered and almost demanding answers to come through this conference because I'd prayed and prepared so hard. And all it took was President Nelson's presence. I just sat there and my poor kids are looking at me and I just had tears coming down my face and they were like, what is wrong? What is going on? <laughs> and it was simply the presence of this man um, that is our prophet that seemed to alter the questions I needed answers to and, and solidify even further my, my commitments to the Lord's kingdom. And just amazing how, what will happen when we are asking that those answers will come, that they do, they really do. And one of my heroes that we're going to get on the podcast, we are one day, I know it. One of my heroes is Sherry Dew. I love her so dearly. And she was just interviewed on a separate podcast. Um, and then they printed the transcript on the desert, in a desert news article. And she's talking a lot about uh, the role that women play within the church. And there's just a couple of things that she said in here that I feel like really apply to this idea that we are all called in different ways and how the church actually prepares us to be called in different ways. So here's something that she says, and I'm going to paraphrase. Um, you should read the whole thing, but I'm going to paraphrase a couple of her thoughts right here. I'm watching as a 14-year-old girl in my own congregation walks to the pulpit in sacrament meeting for our regular worship service. She's poised. She's smart. She's articulate. She gives this great discourse on joy, talking about where joy comes from. And I'm thinking, okay, where do you see that? <laughs> where do you see that kind of preparation? So from the time we're little, we learn to speak in public. We learn to lead. We learn to organize, plan, rally, prepare people. It's just we're just usually serving. And one of the things that I've learned through the years is that once you've been in charge of something, let's say you've been the president of some organization in the church, that's when you actually really know what you hope everybody else does, right? So when you're no longer the leader, you know how to help the leader. So we know how to lead and then we know how to follow. And that's part of the reason that I think women, Latter-day Saint women, were just capable. They know how to do things. They know how to reach out. They know how, again, they know how to lead and they also know how to follow. And I love how she talks about this kind of circular pattern that church service brings to us and how church service prepares us. But what this really opens my mind to is what does it prepare us for? It prepares us in a million different ways to gather. That's what it's doing. Sometimes you are the ultimate gatherer when you're a follower and you're supporting someone. Sometimes you're an ultimate gather gatherer when you're a leader, but you don't have to be a leader in your actual church to be gathering effectively within your community or online or through your voice or through your teaching. I think she just really points out some really strong ways in which the gospel is preparing us with great skills, but what are those great skills for? 
if all it is is for sacrament meeting talks? What are they for, right? And that's where she gets so impressed. I mean, she's clearly a businesswoman and she's sitting here around men and women all day. And she is so impressed with this 14 year old who has learned to public speak. But I have this gut feeling that that 14 year old speaking in church, that God's not preparing her just to speak in church. He's preparing her to be called in many, many different ways. Okay. So I absolutely love that, Sarah, because it's what we're saying, right? We are being prepared for more, right? We're being prepared to serve more and do more and to help more and to testify of more. And the thing that's always going to come up is I'm not enough. I don't have experience. I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. And maybe you don't know how to do this, but I love this scripture in second Corinthians 12, um, nine and 10. It says, my grace is sufficient for thee, meaning Christ's grace is sufficient for thee for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And this is so amazing because because I think we need to realize that our weaknesses, um, our troubles are what make place for the power of the atonement and, and a place for us to rely upon Christ because it's in those weaknesses that we turn to Christ and ask him to make up the difference. And there's power in allowing him in. There's power in that. I mean, Sarah and I are relying very heavily on the power of Christ's atonement all the time because it's not just about repentance. It's not just about going through the hard times, but it's also about fulfilling your quest because there are some certain limitations that are on our life right now, just because we're moms and we want to be the best moms ever, but we also feel compelled to quest. We come, we feel compelled to do this podcast and to speak to you. And do we pray a lot and hard every time we start this podcast? You bet we do. We pray really hard because we know that it's not our words. We know that we have limited time. We know that Christ knows what you need and he knows our experiences. And so he knows how, how we should use them. And so we, through relying on Christ through our weaknesses and our shortcomings, that gives us more power. And that's a really powerful scripture for when I am weak, then I am strong. And part of that weakness is that sometimes you have that conversation in your brain of, what, why, am I, why am I feeling stirred? Am I trying to escape my children? Am I trying to escape my life? I mean, we joke about this conversation we had in Olive Garden like five years ago about why are we like this? Like trying to do all this extra stuff and we kind of joke about it. But the, the reality is, is that we are called to serve in different ways and that that, that dynamic is changing now more than ever, even more than five years ago. That dynamic has changed. And gosh, we just had no idea what was in store. And I'm going to put Sherry Dew again on the spot. She was asked by this interviewer, and this will tie in to being called in different ways, I promise. Can men 
and women ever be equal? Ooh, <sighs> controversy. <laughs> controversy. Sherry's usually really scared of controversy. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. She just <laughs> hides in a corner, doesn't she? Here's what she says. This is how scared of it she is. She said, I hate the word equal. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Sherry. <laughs> I think that's the wrong word. But can men and women both flourish and shine and achieve their own maximum capacity? Yeah, for sure. And my experience also is that in any setting, listen carefully, women. My experience also is that in any setting, and I think I've learned this in work, at work, at home, at play, that better decisions and better results come out when men and women are working together because they all contribute something slightly different to the mix. Okay, this is important. We are not on some girl power journey right now. Okay, that is not the purpose of this podcast, nor will it ever be the purpose. Is our listening audience women? Yes. And we cheer you on and we applaud you. But this is not a separate from the men and take over message. Do you see what she says? Better decisions and better results come out when men and women are working together because they all contribute something slightly different to the mix. I just love this. And here's an experience. She used to be the CEO of Desert Book. She said, I'm telling you, sometimes I go back to a company that I used to lead that was Desert Book. <laughs> and inevitably, if there was a really bad decision made, a really bad mistake where we just missed it on something or we just blew it, we go back and say, okay, where was that decision made? Only in the spirit of how do we improve it for the future? Inevitably, it was made by either all women or all men. It was uncanny. And I laugh at the story that Sherry shares because she says, I like to be in a room where there are men and women counseling together because I think the questions do change. I think we hear things differently. We tend to focus on certain things. And I would readily acknowledge that I am often in a room where I'm the only woman with lots of men and I respect them. I admire them. They have talents and gifts. I think it's also fair to say that I can see when I see other women in the room, they hear different things and it contributes to the overall conversation in a very distinctive way. I just think that's true. I just think that's a true principle that men and women coming together, actually counseling together, they come up with very good results. So that's where I want to cheer you on in the spirit of Sherry Dew, <laughs> that we are called in different ways. This is not a takeover by women. This is not us ignoring the men, nothing like that. But as our listenership, how are you being called? How are you being called? President Nelson promised you back in April that Heavenly Father and his son are ready to pour their knowledge and their vision of you to you. They're ready. They're in fact waiting. And I just, it just makes my heart explode to think that we get to be part of this change the winds of change that are happening, this stirring. And I'm so grateful that I am on the earth at this time so that I can be part of it. It's just a marvelous time to be alive. Yes. I love that. I love that because we need to recognize that we all have different things. And, and, you know, the world right now is really like, you know, you have to choose a line of like, 
uh, women, are you with the women or the men, right? And the reality is, is that we're just all called in different ways. And so be confident in that, no matter what it is, no matter how you're being called. And if you want to know how to be confident in it is you have to pray about it and ask for revelation. Like that's it. I can't because give it that's to the new way. That's the new way. No one's going to tell you. <laughs> it's the new way. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. We are so glad. Welcome to your quest. <laughs> Came about. I'm glad I had an opportunity. Um, <clears throat> so we are so glad that you are here because to me, it means that you are being called and that you are feeling the stirring and the whisperings to do something and to do it differently. And we we just love having you with us. If you, if this is you, will you please connect with us? Come over. We have a Facebook group where you can be with like-minded women. We have Instagram where we're sharing these kinds of things, but we want you to know that this is a place for you, a place for you to, to find the community and the, the cheerleaders where your personal cheerleaders, um, to do what you're called to do. We, ah, this is exciting stuff. We're so glad to be with you. Hey, thanks for listening to the Women With Fire podcast. Your support means a lot to us. In fact, your support is what makes this podcast possible. If you want to connect more with the guests we've had on our podcast and connect more with Sarah and Michelle, the creators of the Women With Fire podcast, find us on Instagram at The Women With Fire or find us in our Facebook group. Simply search Women With Fire and join the group. We'll see you there.